right? Mm. I'm not going to be a Gary Smalley or I'm not going to be a Hunter House, or right? Steve Goss. Or a Steve Goss, for <laughs> that's sake. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> you know, and, and but I can be a Brad Franklin. You know, mm-hmm. and I can take what the strengths that God has given me mm-hmm. and, and use those with all my might and ability. I'm Susan Goss, and as a seasoned therapist of more than 15 years, I'm honored to have had the opportunity to gain so much wisdom from so many people and love passing that knowledge on to others. So join me and some of my favorite friends as we share some tangible truths with you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tangible Truth Podcast. Well, this is going to basically be part two of fatherhood. And we're going to, if you have not listened to part one, please go back. We talked about uh, fathering littles, but then it got into just the general concept of talking about fatherhood. It was fantastic. So we have back with us Hunter House, Brad Franklin, and Steve Goss. So thrilled to have all three of you back. Thank you, Steve, Brad, and Hunter. We're one episode well, in, and I need to know, is Steve still your favorite of the three of us? But- <laughs> He's still my favorite. Okay. All right. All right. Just making sure. Hunter wants to be the no, favorite. No, no, no. Okay. No, I'm just uh, so, but you're still, okay, you're right there, Hunter. You're right there. I'm comfortably in the solid third. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really comfortable with that. I'm confident in my lead. Okay. Yes. Confident. So today, we're going to jump right on in to the adolescent years. Adolescent years are, they can be great. And they are at times, but they can also be tough. Uh, Hunter has been a youth pastor, so he's seen a lot mm-hmm. of different things go on with youth. So you'll be jumping in. Steve has raised adolescents, so jump in. Uh, Brad, I'm going to have you take the lead, though, on this. Sure. I thought because you also have raised adolescent girls. You also, when you married Beth, she already had. Right, Sarah was five turning six when we got married. Okay, and so, but you had, that you're a stepdad. That's right. So, um, and we've got several listeners that are step-parent. Absolutely. And step-parenting, and uh, several dads, as we know, that are step-dads. So I think this will be interesting, too. You bet. Uh, to help them. So I think I'll start with you about just adolescence and fathering. You bet. You know, um, raising kids is so much like marriage in the sense of it's harder than anyone can possibly tell you it's going to be. And yet it's sweeter than anyone can mm-hmm. possibly tell you it's going to be. You know, and I remember when I was um, probably a young adult and my mother always had this phrase of having a child is like having a piece of your heart walking around outside of your body. I thought that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. But guess what? (laughs) Having a child is like having a piece of your heart walking around outside of your body. And, um, you know, it's easier when you can control that little piece of heart and you can protect it. But as they get older and as their boundaries begin to expand, which they should, that becomes a more difficult proposition. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we begin to see in adolescence. And, you know, life is so much about seasons, right? And, the, the season Hunter is in, that, that's a, such a sweet, sweet season. I remember that so well. Adolescence, 
<laughs> Steve, I think you'll probably agree with me. It has its sweet moments. Yeah. Oh, it really does. But it kind of, there's a transition kind of from it being more physically demanding to really psychologically demanding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the I've heard it said this way before. As we're growing them up physically, they're growing us up emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really felt that in those adolescent years, right. for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and the stakes seem a little higher, too. When you sit them out there in a, in a car and driving around, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they can, I mean, not that they can't get themselves in trouble when they're little, but it just seems like they can get themselves in a whole lot of trouble yeah. once we're getting older mm-hmm. now. So, yes, uh, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Again, to see them develop and they're able to do different things and kind of interact with you more, a little bit more on an adult level, it's it's really great. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Too. So it's mm-hmm. wonderful. You know, and and uh, I know you guys are in that stage now where yours are truly adults and they now have their own families. And, you know, it starts at that late adolescent where you really go from being that parent who has a lot of control and a, and a lot of say to more of a consultant, right? Where by the time they tur- they're turning 16, 17, 18, they know every sermon you have to preach. They know your opinion about everything. And they think they're smarter than that in a lot of ways. And so really that stage is over, you know, and, and it, you become more of that consultant of setting them free bit by bit and seeing what they do with it mm-hmm. um, until we get to the point where you guys are at, where uh, they probably come to you and are asking you questions that, only yesterday, you didn't even know the answers to Right Now you do. Right. You know, just thinking back to it's there are those challenges. I think maybe they don't they don't seem quite as frequent. But I think especially as a father, I felt like there, you know, there were some things I had to be really strong on. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for me, it d- didn't feel like I had to be strong all the time on some things. But I there were a few things that. You know, I just had to say no, and I'm going to demonstrate it forcefully. And I'm talking about a spanking. And and this wasn't this bad, but, well, it was kind of bad, but one of the boys had a uh, a CD that was just out in the house. It wasn't like they were trying to, a CD, J- Jake one day said, what are those giant CD things you have, Dad? And I said, they're called albums. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but there was a CD out, and I thought, well, I'll listen to this. I don't even remember the group's name or anything, but I started hearing all these F-words coming out of my speakers, and it was like, no, we're not going to have that. Um, and so I waited, and I said, okay, you know, we can't have this. Where'd you get this? And I said, I'm, I'm going to throw this away, and, you know, kind of demonstrated it in a forceful way. And they said, no, 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 Dad, here, let me have it. So he's going to do something with it. Well, he took it outside, stuck it down in the <laughs> seam of the concrete driveway and took his driver from his golf clubs and, and just whacked it and tore it to pieces. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is a pretty good outcome after all. You know, so you just you just have those things, though, that you have to display something that's really important to you. Absolutely. That you think is going to be really important to them character-wise down the road. Absolutely. Um, and you just hope those things are fewer and farther between. And again, all our kids are different, and mm-hmm. some of them you have to stay on them longer and more consistently. Others, you kind of you just have that right moment when you know what you need to do. So, um, 
just hang in there with them. Just keep hanging because I think just being persistent and being there for them, both when you can be a consultant and have a really nice conversation or when you have to be more forceful about something you're going to deal with, then uh, you just kind of have to have the stamina now in those adolescent years. Absolutely. And see, if I can say this, I, I knew you when you were a father, when your boys were little bitty fellas and I've watched you parent. And one of the things that I would I would compliment you on is you are very steady and patient mm-hmm. and especially and I don't know him that well, but but Jake is his own bird. And that was obvious from the get go and and very different than you. And yet I've watched you the whole time be very giving parameters without shutting down the great mm-hmm. guy that he is. Mm-hmm. And and I, I can I can honestly remember noticing that when your boys were teenagers and I was watching you guys oh. parent. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, Brad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's very steady. I, I he to have two adolescent boys. He's I, I can honestly say steady, 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 steady. I remember the CD he's talking about when he was like forcefully that would just be from being steady to raising his voice. So they knew he was very, very serious mm-hmm. as opposed to me. I talk him, I talked him to death and, you know, all that, you know, mm-hmm. and Steve would just say, you know, if they were late, this is what I really like. And what we learned in therapy, Brad, is very, very true. If we I would think and this would be a lesson, whether it's any if whether it's a father or a mother. This is just a parenting thing that is very good. And Steve did a great job as a father on this. And I'll use Chad as his example. God loved Chad. He was the first one, though. But curfew's at 11. He comes home at 1120. I think I'm going to show mercy. Now, Chad, that curfew's at 11. Now, tomorrow, you need to come home at 11. And so, because Steve would be at the hospital rounding that that night. And so, what time do you think he came home the next night? 11.40. You know, because what I told him subconsciously, I mean, he, he didn't overtly say that, but what I was training him is she's a liar and I can't trust her. But so Steve comes home and that night it was like, curfew's at 11, give me your car keys. Boom. Boom. And Chad has a little fit for two seconds and goes upstairs. And that was it because the foundation of love is there. Mm-hmm. He knows. And so, but that that message is, I mean what I say, I say what I mean. I you can trust me, mm-hmm. what I say is true. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just that alone is a great parenting. Mm-hmm. Your father, whether you're a father, but for adolescents, they have to know I mean this. Absolutely. And you know, Susan, we were talking earlier before we started this podcast about how mothering and fathering is different. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I believe as a dad, there are times we, we need to be the bad guy, right? And um, mom has had to be the bad guy a lot, but there are times as dad to come in the situation and say, no, we're not going to listen to this or this is the curfew. There is no grace there. That is very, very important, you know, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, as dads, because we're not around as much as moms, there's that tendency to not want to do that um, because, yeah, I'm not around them that much. And so when I'm around them, I don't want to be the bad guy. 
And yet I'm going to suggest that's, that's part of loving them. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, mm-hmm. with our girls, you know, um, I, I pushed a lot of things and um, my girls accused me of running an Amish prison camp <laughs> because of how that's I made strong. them clean the their rooms and the house. And, <laughs> and yet as adults, they will say, we knew the whole time you loved us mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, but in the moment, when they're 15 and they're angry that they can't leave the house until they clean their room, mm-hmm. you get called a Amish prison, Amish prison, yeah. prison camp. Mm-hmm. A warden. Yes. So, Brad, what do you say about, and I don't, Susan, you have a question for Hunter. You want to go ahead and ask him now? Or? Well, I was just going to, you, you can go ahead. I was going to ask Brad, you know, about the, you know, it's not like that. this is something I deal with, but trying to be too good a friend. Right. To your kids or right. especially maybe your adolescents, you know, you want to be cool for their friends and everything else. But where does that play? Where, kind of where do you, you know, where are you? Where are you a good buddy? Right. But you cross over to just, you know, wanting their approval and letting some things slide. Where's where's that struggle Man, that, balance? That's a tough one, you know, because. There is a balance there because scripture is very clear. Fathers, it doesn't say mothers, it says fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Mm -hmm. Don't be so hard on them that they want and need to rebel from you. Mm -hmm. And yet we know that there's a time to draw that hard line in the sand and for them to understand sometimes there's a hard line, right? And that is, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do, um, you know, in, 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 in my world, if I'm honest with you, I see more people making that mistake of trying to be a friend mm-hmm. at this point. And I know every generation mm-hmm. has, has their thing they do in parenting that doesn't work so well. And, mm-hmm. and what I see with this latest one is they, they tend to, to want to reason with the kid in, in a way as if the kid is their equal or, and once again, there is definitely room for that, especially as they get older, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. once again, you're partnering with them and you're the consultant. However, too much of that <laughs> can can create, you know, a narcissist, right? Who thinks they're mm-hmm. it's all about them, and and it, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a tough one. But I think friendship isn't built in throwing away rules and accepting. It's built in that intentional time. That you got um, it. And I watched a beautiful example of that. Uh, a mentor of mine, Scott Clark, who passed away a few years ago now. Um, young from a sudden brain cancer. And uh, I watched his four uh, grown sons stand at his funeral and talk about their dad. And one of the things that each of them said was that uh, so often he felt more like a friend than a father, but in the best way possible. Mm. And it's because of the intentional discipleship time. Now these are, you know, grown men who love the Lord, who are walking with God. And so it wasn't like he threw all the rules out the window is because within them, he met them with grace and intentionality and mm-hmm. took them on trips and processed hard things and brought his sons along into his everyday life. And mm-hmm. that is always, always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very good. Mm-hmm. And you always said, um, our goal is to raise independent young men. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that's a great Always goal. had that and, in my and, mind. And sometimes maybe mm-hmm. they got too independent. <laughs> yeah. Well, once they left, yes. Can That's I say, what I thought. Can I say something about that? Mm-hmm. So, again, I've got littles. Eight mm-hmm. is my oldest, turning nine this summer. But 
as a youth pastor for seven years, stopped that a couple of years ago, but got to watch many kids grow up mm-hmm. and girls and boys graduate and kind of saw, you know, two trends of, of parenting or maybe two extremes. And we're talking about it. It's the ones who are attempting to be the best friend. Like, let's throw all the rules out. Anything goes, you get to do whatever you want um, mm. because I want you to know that I love you. And then on the other end, the, I have to protect you from everything in this world Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just living out of Mm -hmm. fear and preventing them from, you know, just being engaging in the world. And one of the things I noticed that, you know, sometimes the healthier kids spiritually in high school may look like those who were um, being, you know, sheltered or um, kept safe. But when they graduated and when they went into the world, the amount of those that have come back to me, and it felt in some ways uh, lied to or mm-hmm. unequipped um, is actually a pretty high number. Mm-hmm. And there's this sweet spot in the middle. And it sounds like what y'all are talking about, about raising independent men of not going to either extreme, but sh- shepherding them into the world. Mm-hmm. And you even mentioned earlier, Brad, about just giving over a little bit of responsibility at a time, seeing how uh, they're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so key. If if we try to raise just safe kids, I think it's a disaster mm-hmm. waiting to happen, especially from a Christian perspective, because mm-hmm. if they don't know how to live as a follower of Jesus in a dying world, like where is their purpose? That's right. what, what What are they doing? We have to to teach them to live in the world. And that's not, I'm not moralizing preferences of schooling or parenting styles Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but just understanding that we cannot protect them from everything. Mm -hmm. We don't want to throw them to the wolves, Mm -hmm. um, but how do we walk alongside them in a healthy way while letting them get hurt? That's right. You know, the, the classic example of a kid scraping his knee. Well, at 13 to 18, that, Scraping knee is more emotional, but how do we let mm-hmm. them do that? Mm-hmm. How, how do we let them fall and get hurt and walk alongside them and show them what it looks like to be a man or a woman of God? And mm-hmm. I think the father tends to take a back seat in that role mm-hmm. and has to be intentional to step alongside mm-hmm. um, a mother, mm-hmm. um, to step alongside a wife and be very active in shepherding that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Susan, can I throw one more thing in there Please. to kind of wrap back around to where we were going a minute ago? And uh, we mentioned in the last podcast about how kids are just uniquely different in themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say dads are uniquely different in mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one part about being a good dad is is being able to have your own self-awareness about what is your strength? You know, I, I'm not going to be James Dobson, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to be... A Gary Smalley, or I'm not going to be a Hunter House, or right? Steve Goss, or Steve Goss, for <laughs> that <laughs> sake. Yeah, <My> goodness, <laughs> you know. And, and but I can be a Brad Franklin, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can take what the strengths that God has given me mm-hmm. and and use those with all my might and ability. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, as, as men, we kind of look to these other people, the experts, you know, and we try to maybe replicate something that I'm just never going to be able to replicate because I don't have the same toolbox. Mm-hmm. That Steve Goss does or Hunter House does, and and letting that be okay, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. some of those dads really shine in some areas, um, and I may not shine in that area, but I've got my area that I do shine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and I, th- I think that holds men back a lot of it. We we kind of look, and if I don't feel confident in what I'm doing, men tend to take a step back and become passive, mm-hmm. which I'm going to suggest is the biggest enemy to fathering mm-hmm. is being passive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and if our kids, you know, really do have our DNA and are wired in ways like we are, we have to teach them to be comfortable 
in the ways God has created us. If could, right. if we can't be comfortable with that, then we're teaching them that something's wrong with them yeah. and the way that God has designed them. Cause we're going to have some similarities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just have to, it's the psychological battle. You have to fight being intimidated because these are pretty smart people you're dealing with. Right. Oh right. And and they know how to, I mean, our young kids can train us up pretty, mm-hmm. you know, I see my grandkids training me now, you know, so you just have to stay, stay in, stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid being intimidated. Doesn't mean you're going to be right all the time or right. do it well, but you just have, you just have to stay toe to toe with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. They are very smart. <laughs> they are very smart. But they are fun. They are. Absolutely. They could be so much fun. Like you were talking about having the adult conversation with them and their friends can be so much fun. Mm. We always wanted to be the house they all came to. And praise God, that was that that did happen for both uh, Chad and Jake. And I love we, we loved that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was so much fun. And the good thing about over the years, you know, the the bad stuff tends to fade away mm-hmm. and the good stuff remains. That's right. That is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you all so much. These adolescent years, there's a lot more that we could talk about. But, you know, having a home and y'all tell me if this is if you agree with this, but um, nurturing a home uh, that is non-judgmental, that says I'm safe no matter what. Mm-hmm. And uh, raising independent young men and women, figuring what that is, and intentionality of always being there, you know, setting that uh, is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a lot of work. This is not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it were easy, uh, our offices would not be full mm-hmm. and have waiting lists all the time. So really seeking God mm-hmm. in what does fatherhood look like as it relates to and fill the name in of your son, your daughter, what that looks like. And he'll guide us. He'll guide us in parenting. One last thing. One of the safe (laughs) things that I'm trying to do to cultivate that safe, like you're loved in this home Mm -hmm. is to find some repetitions of things that I say to my kids Mm -hmm. and make sure that I say them as much on the good days as I do the bad days. Yes. And so the, the one that I say to all three of my sons and I pull it straight from God, the father, at the baptism of Jesus, when he looks at his son and he says, you're my son whom I love with you, I'm well pleased. And so Mm. every day I try to remind my boys that you are my son. I will always love you. And I'm so proud of you. Mm. And it's the sweetest moments are when I get to say that when they fail, Mm -hmm. because that's where I think I'm hopefully again, cultivating something that sticks with them that like, my dad loves me and that's going to shake. Mm-hmm. No matter. No matter what. No matter. That's what they're going to, yeah. that's what you're cultivating. He Great still word. loves me. Great word. Great word. So we're going to end on that word. You are becoming my favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling Steve. you, you're Watch getting out. that. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to sit up straight. I'm gonna bring it. <laughs> so stay tuned. We have another episode left. Listeners, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.